Kyle here, half of the Casual Tutors. I just wanted to pop in right before this episode and give a little statement about the fact that we recorded this episode before Brothers War came out. So while you are listening to it after the release of Brothers War, I believe it came out last weekend, pre-released two weekends ago. When we recorded it, we did not have a whole lot of information. Like we say in the episode as well, we're not lore masters. We're not, as much as I do love lore, I try to pick it up as much as I can. We have busy lives, and I haven't done all the reading of the books at this point or the chapters that they had released online. So just just a heads up, there's a, there's a lot of incorrect predictions for both cards and story and mechanics, and we just wanted to give you a heads up. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. I'm Kyle. And I'm Matt. And we're the Casual Tutors. Today we're going to be going over the Brothers War set release. Talking about a bunch of different subjects. Kind of the pseudo return to blocks. Time travel and magic. Cards that we are super excited about. And some different things about the set in general. So so blocks. Yeah, it's it's been a little bit since we had anything. And granted, Watsy isn't calling this a block. But it's in a block and everything but name, right? That's the thing. It, it is. A, it is kind of a weird block because we we have Dominari United in present, present day, I guess, and then Brothers War in the past, and then we have Phyrexia. All would be one, right? Which we don't know a whole lot about. And then there's technically March of the Machines after that. Yeah. So four set block, which is is very strange. It's all generally covering one story arc, just like Guilds of Ravnica and War of the Spark. Kind of cover Bolus's rise to power, then ultimate demise. This is the threat of the Phyrexians on Dominaria, the heroes of the story going back in time, figuring it out, and then ultimately bringing back that knowledge to conquer, defeat the Phyrexians, right? Now, here's the thing. Do you think they're going to do anything in the past to try and change it, or do you think they're just going to get that knowledge? So I think the past is mainly to fairy going and finding out how Urza Silex is supposed to work. Because in Brothers War, we saw Karn and all them go and recover the modern-day version of the Silex, and it definitely didn't have the impact, or they couldn't figure out how to get it to work properly. So they're, they're going back, and they're, they're trying to learn from the big man himself how, how to get it done. That makes sense. I mean, and here's the thing, too. Teferi, obviously being the only person that could go back, I suppose, uh, is also the best person. Knowing, knowing what happened to his home, thinking of the Zelfir and Void, most people are probably familiar with that card. Teferi removed his entire home, country, city thing from existence and couldn't bring it back. Yeah, big oops. And we kind of see that in the Brothers War trailer where, you know, completed a Johnny's confronting him and telling Teferi that they aren't the ones that destroyed his home. It was himself. But that gives me some faith that Teferi's not going to mess with too much in the past. He's not going to do anything that might risk screwing up the future because he, of all people, knows what could happen if you start to mess with things you don't understand. Yeah, that's a little bit of foreshadowing. I want to talk about blocks still. Okay, Um, sorry, sorry. Blocks, you know, I, I feel like they're a good thing. I started playing Magic back, you know, when Phyrexia was the big threat there in Mirrodin and ultimately conquered that plane. And, you know, through Innistrad and moving forward where blocks were common practice and I believe were awesome storytelling arcs that 
kind of we've definitely lost in the years post war the spark. Oh yeah, and uh, well, here's a question for you about blocks. Do you think that we should go back to if we were going to go back to blocks? Do you prefer full three set blocks? Does it take three full sets to get all that information? I definitely think it takes more than one. I definitely think we're not spending enough time on these planes, but do you think three sets is the number? Do you think it's two sets? So I like three. Like I said, I'm just old school. There are always three set blocks. That being said, that the amount of time three standard sets takes is a definite drawback. It's three quarters of a year for them to tell the story. It's a lot of time for people to keep their attention. It's a lot of time in general for people to forget what happened. It, it's definitely a negative thing. I don't think it's overcomable or it can't be overcame. You know, Watsi definitely has the resources to maintain our attention span through that. And obviously in today's age, those, those three blocks are going to have a lot of stuff in between them. We're going to have ancillary sets. We're going to have master sets. Even that throwing in, you know, a random standard set in between those three, you know, obviously it makes like I was saying the continuity a little bit harder to maintain, but you know, it definitely will spice things up if people get tired of something. I think there's other options they could play with the block structure. Oh, for sure. And I mean, here's the thing. If you want it to not feel like it's three blocks to three blocks to three blocks to three blocks, throw in a little known thing that they keep canceling and coming back to, canceling and coming back to, corsets. Corsets are awesome. Corsets a good way to break up that that block style. You know, you end one block and you have a corset and then you go into the next block. Even if they did, like maybe they did one big three-block set in the air, and then they did like a two-block set. Because, I mean, like look at uh, Kaladesh and Aether Revolt or uh, Amonkhet and Our Devastations. Those were both two-block sets, right? Yeah. And those were, those were awesome sets. Yeah. So you could do it. I think maybe a combination of both might kind of break up that a little bit. Um, or a return to core sets. And, you know, there's a lot of different things that they could do with it to make it work. But I definitely don't think these single blocks or these single sets are working. I mean, I just, you know, you, you we have no, we have no attachment to Ikoria. We have no attachment to Eldraine. Eldraine, you know, and we are getting another set on Eldraine, you know, in the future, which will be nice. But I'm more excited for our return to Ixalan than I am to our return to Eldraine just because Ixalan was at least two blocks or two sets. You got a a couple more roots down in there. Right. Um, I think there's probably a happy medium somewhere in there where we have these smaller one sets that release, you know, we have an Eldraine, we might even just one Ixalan, something like that. And then when we have these big events, like, Phyrexians invading Dominaria, the entire war, releasing, you know, a three or four set block for that. And then, you know, go back to one or two sets and then another big block for, you know, the next big bad to come up. I don't want to put all my cards on the table, but Tamiyo did get completed. And last I heard, Tamiyo trapped someone in the moon. So my opinion, Phyrexians have an ace up their sleeve, but, you know, I guess that's a, a topic for maybe a future set. Yeah, but, I mean, lore-wise, did Tamiyo actually trap someone in the moon? Either way, there's someone in the moon. Tamiyo was involved, whether she did it on her own or she was convinced that she did it. The moon still exists and Tamiyo is completed. Well, I, and I definitely think, I mean, we're one way or another, we're going to come out of the Phyrexians being the big bad, right? This This block has to end. And so something's going to happen and we're going to be at the same place we were at at the end of War of the Spark, which is who's who's the next big bad. And I think it is time for the Eldrazi to come back. I think that's I think that is inevitably what's going to happen. 
It's going to be Eldrazi. I'm sure we're going to chase Tezzeret around for a little bit for his roles and War of the Spark and with the Phyrexians. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, some other less, you know, prominent big bads that show up too. I think Tezzeret's going to die. I think Tezzeret dies through the course of the next couple of sets. Tezzeret, what was that inside of him? The, the planar bridge. The planar bridge yeah. blow up in him. And he still lived. He You're still right. Lived. He's yeah. He's got plot armor. I don't know. We so we've already lost. Now who knows? No one cares about Dak. Don't talk about my boy like that. Poor Dak Faden. That's uh, actually Teferi's going to change the past just to bring Dak Faden back. That's what's going to happen. And then they're going to lose on Ravnica. Dak <laughs> is um, the reason Nicol Bolas lives. Um, we we did lose Jaya already. Yep, she got so, tossed off that boat. Jaya is well, and we haven't seen a body, but we think Jaya's dead. I don't know what happens to the completed planeswalkers. I have no idea. I mean, are they? I, well, we know what happens to Johnny. He's their agent, and he's the one uh, doing the work against the game. We got, he got kicked off a cliff. Yeah, but you know, same story. He fell into the mist. Yeah, but it, that's it would, it. would be funny. Jaya dies from fall damage, but Johnny doesn't. Where's Vivian Reed with Halo? Where's Tamio? Where where is a completed Tamio? Where's Vivian? We think Elspeth stayed on New Capenna finding her home, right? But Vivian is Urbras still stuck under New Capenna? No one cares about Urbras. He's hidden. Yeah, I mean, Let's keep him that way. He's he is a Praetor, not on the Praetor's sides. I mean, get all the help you can get. Yeah, but they but, body him. He doesn't even count. But uh, the the biggest thing is is we know that Halo has some effect mm-hmm. on Phyrexians, and we know that Vivian has access to it. Right. And then she's not there. She's just completely gone. She's out of the picture. And with Elspeth supposedly being an angelic entity or from an angelic family mm-hmm. in Capenna, like, can she just make Halo? Can she just, like, farm that shit off right. herself? It, it, who knows? And, and the thing is, is, but here, we kind of went off on a tangent there. Um, I think it's pretty easy when you talk about Planeswalkers, unfortunately. Stories kind of get commingled and mixed. But who's going to die? Who do you think? I mean, people, people are going to have to start dying. We've lost Jaya, which I think was a pretty... Uh, I know I'm going to piss off a lot of people, but inconsequential death, I guess it, she's not Jaya is cool. Don't get me wrong. I like Jaya a lot, but she's not like, she's not a big name. You know, it's not like when, when I hate Gideon, I hate the, I hate the boy scout, but that was like a big thing. Like Gideon dying was huge. Yeah. But I think it's more the way he died. Saving Liliana. Sure, sure. And that makes sense. I mean, who knows what's going on with Liliana. But My hot take I guess I guess the Johnny was the big... Uh, Johnny and Tamiya were really big, but they're, they don't feel dead. Yeah. I don't think they have redemption possibilities, though. Unless there's something, you know, we find out in the past or something like that. I, I think we permanently lose a Johnny and Tamiya. When I said we... We lose a Johnny and we lose Tamiya. I don't think they're they're gone from the story. I just think they're obviously no longer part of the Gatewatch because you know that bridge is burnt. But I think we just lose them as good guys in general. And maybe they're not evil. Uh, you know, should we defeat the Phyrexians or whatever? They just kind of become their own sentient, completed perfection out there, planes walking around. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I it, it it's gonna be very confusing. And maybe that is their version of, yeah, he's here's the big gatewatch uh, you know, planeswalker that's no longer there. It just it doesn't feel as spectacular as I was thinking it would. Yeah. Um and I do still think that we will lose other people. Do you think Teferi dies? I, I, no. my, I thought Karn was going to die, and I'm not in the. Not, Karn might still die. Yeah, Karn he got the crap kicked out of him in Brothers War and taken to Elish Norn. Yes, that is true. He's been captured. I think 
we're going to see Mishra win. Maybe not Urza die in the past, but I think whatever happens when Teferi's there is distracting enough to Urza or whatever where Mishra gains the upper hand and beats Urza. And oh, so Teferi does screw up the past. I think he does. I mean, if, we, if we're looking at these cards, they spoke Phyrexians appearing an awful lot. And I don't know a ton of lore about Mishra. I don't think he was technically a Phyrexian in, in old lore. I, yeah, I have no idea. I know that it... I know they're awfully close. I actually, I... I know they think Flush is weak, but I don't think they were full on that Yawgmoth Phyrexian train. I don't think so either. If, if I remember correctly, I think that they, if you look at the timeline, it was Brothers War, which led to Ice Age, which led to the Phyrexian invasion. Something along those lines. So I, yeah. I don't think the true Infraxian invasion happened until after the Brothers War. But and we could 110% be wrong. So if we are, you know, send us a message, comment, something like that. Tell us that we're idiots. Yeah, let us know. We're not lore masters. Yeah. And we kind of just jumped right into the, the talk about time travel and magic. It's kind of the first time we did something like this. And, you know... I kind of I'm curious where they're going to go with it. There's definitely some existing directions we see with other IPs that definitely deal with time traveling an awful lot. <laughs> Disney. It'd be interesting to see how Watsi and Magic handle it. Right, right, and to see what what kind of repercussions are we looking at. They can't go and change everything we know about current the current multiverse and the Magic multiverse. They, they, you know, I mean, there's so much going on. There's so much that's happened. There's so much story that we're used to they can't just get rid of that so what what is it going to be what is going to happen do these things affect other things down the line do these things affect what's happened with nico bolas do these things affect what's happened with the eldrazi in the past or is it just for some reason only connected into dominaria itself now that we talked about it i'm I'm more on this mishra winds train and i think obviously that has large implications for what happens and you know, maybe Mirrodin gets spared and all of a sudden new Phyrexia is Dominaria. Fairy jumps back to the future, comes back on the home, the new home world of the Phyrexians right into Elish Norn. Maybe this is just a master plan. Maybe she knew his only recourse was to go to the past and maybe she already had an agent in waiting. Yeah, but with that in mind, does that mean we get Mirrodin back? Does that mean Koth is still around? Does that mean, uh, who is the other guy? The blue and white planeswalker that sacrificed himself for Karn. Oh, well, now you're gonna make me think about it. He's got the oh my god, he's got the card, his blinky card. I wanted to say Dak Faden again, but it's definitely I bad. I wanted to say Dak Faden too. Dak Faden's the best planeswalker. Gotta Google it now. Yeah, but he that's the thing, is is even if it's just revolves around the Phyrexians, even if whatever happens in the past just affects what we know about the Phyrexians and what we know about Dominaria, it's still got to tie into Mirrodin. It's still got to tie into all these huge story points. Does Karn become a planeswalker if this happens? No. I bet he does through a different way. I think I think it changes everything. It opens up, obviously, a whole new world of possibility for Watsi to explore. And let's face it, you know, we already kind of talked about how after Phyrexia, the only real big bad left are Eldrazi. If we do this... If Mishra wins and we change everything we know, Mirrodin isn't besieged, and all of a sudden we obviously we still have the Phyrexians, we still have the Eldrazi sleeping somewhere. We we have a whole other side of the coin, so to speak, to for them to retcon and go back in sets and do. 
looking at Magic as a whole as a game, this isn't the first time we've jumped around in time. We've gone from plane to plane, and those planes don't necessarily, one, travel through time the same way, and then don't also, the stories in those planes don't take place in chronological order. So the new thing is just that we're seeing a character in the story go back in time. Right. It's Venser who we were thinking about, Venser, by the way. Yeah. 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 No. And the other thing I just thought about the mending. Right. Does the mending happen if Mishra wins? There is no mending if Mishra wins. There is no mending. So we still have these godlike. Nicol Bolas is so much more of a problem at that point because he's, he's still ex- he still exists as a god. There's so many of these guys. Does Urza not die if Mishra wins? Maybe, maybe Urza escapes and Urza's still around in the in the future you know maybe maybe we get phyrexians v eldrazi see here we go make it happen wizards we just wrote the story for you yeah you know what maybe mishra should win i'm on the mishra winning train too yep 100 percent. you hear I, her first casual tutors mishra wins i want to see phyrexians versus eldrazi the the heroes we didn't know we need the eldrazis so Still talking about time travel. Which direction do you think they go? Do you think they go Marvel multiverse or do you think they go DC shit so bad we snap it all gone start over? Yeah, that is a hard question. I think it's hard because it's already a multiverse, right? You need, do you want to do you really want to start messing with a multiverse on top of timelines on top of, you know, I mean, Rick did it the power is car. This is true. This is true. I I just I, I think you start to get very confused once you start splitting multiverse and then you have planes. How does the planeswalking work at that point? Can you planeswalk between timeline multiverses or whatever multiverse you're in is the multiverse that you planeswalk between? Only Teferi because he's a god now because there's no mending. And that's so confusing too because what happens because Teferi's kind of, he I, I don't know, because Teferi's kind of pulled outside of this bubble, right? Because he's actually doing, because he's essentially that's another good question. Teferi's back in the past pre-mending, but is he a is he a post-mending planeswalker pre-mending? Or does he become so much more powerful as soon as he hits the past? I, I don't think it's when he hits the past. I think it's when he takes that jump after Mishra wins, goes back to what he, he perceives as his current or present, and suddenly just gets like whomped by a wave of power and then immediately captured by Phyrexians because he's in their heart world. Yeah, or... Is he just hella weak compared to all the other planeswalkers because he was in his own little bubble? I mean, who knows? Who knows what would happen? Who knows what's going to be? I mean, the thing is, is pre-mending, most of the planeswalkers that we're familiar with are post-mending planeswalkers. How many of them were even alive pre-mending? Nicol Bolas? Ugin? Ugin. Uh, Soren? Jaya's old. I don't think she's that old. I think Soren might be old enough. He's tra- trapped in a rock again or something. No, who knows where Soren is. But but that's the thing is, is we we may not even have the same planeswalkers that we're used to. There's so much that goes well, into it. And this huge conflict on Dominaria after Mishra wins and, you know, suddenly becomes completed. Obviously, that's going to cause strife and struggle with people. So there's going to be new, entirely new planeswalkers get their spark ignited from all this. Right, right. Well, and there's a lot of planeswalkers whose origin stories are directly connected to Dominaria. And I don't just mean Liliana, who's from Dominaria. I mean a lot of them that – because the, the, the Gatewatch was initially founded on Dominaria, wasn't it? I'm not sure on that. 
Yeah, I'm not positive, but there's there are. I mean, the the story, the entire story of magic revolved heavily around Dominaria. There's like some like they they talk well, it's about the OG it. real plane, right? And they talk about it with the Dominaria remastered. There's something right. like 17 sets that have taken place on Dominaria, technically. Yeah, whether explicitly stated or not. Right, and so anything happens on Dominaria, it is going to affect the larger game as a whole. So predictions: Mishra wins, Dominaria becomes completed in New Phyrexia. Mirrodin gets spared because they no longer need New Phyrexia, and we come back, we explore the implications of Mishra winning, and then we get a pseudo DC snap where. The fairy wakes up, realizes he never actually went back in time, has all these answers, has seen what could have been, and we're right back in the timeline of Brothers War. Interesting. He gains knowledge from the past via dream, dream state. So never actually goes back, never actually has these experiences, but through some magical planeswalking, whatever power he has or gains just statically exists within him, has the answer, and then we move into modern war with Phyrexia. So now, do you believe that our magic universe that we're used to will still be on the same trajectory so that the story won't have changed, but he would have caused a split? Oh, I think there's a perceived split that never actually happens. It's kind of like, if you actually do this, this is what could happen. And here's your second chance. I don't know. No, I think I think he goes back. I think he actually goes back. Well, I mean, like, and I think as far as we know, he definitely goes back. And I think he screws it up. I think he. I mean, listen. Okay. I like Teferi. Um, I don't actually, but I, <laughs> I like his story. I don't like any of his cards. I like his story. Teferi is notorious for screwing things up. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, look at his home plane. Right. Not plane. Home city. Whatever it is. Not fear. Okay, we'll, we'll keep our predictions minimal. Yeah, yeah, Mishra yeah. wins. Okay. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Mishra um, wins. It, we want to take some time to talk about cards that we're excited about. Soldier Tribal, for sure. They, it seems like they printed like the best soldier card they could have printed. And the name's escaping me right now. Myel? My, Myel? Something like that. But it's, you know, white and three, I believe. And opponents can't cast spells or activate abilities on your turn. And then whenever she attacks, you create X soldier tokens where X is the number of soldiers you have. So she just sounds flat out. Great. They also spoiled another Azorius soldier that gives all your other soldiers flying the mini Lord. Yeah. That was in Dominaria United. It it just seems like there's going to be a ton of soldiers in brothers war. There's Mm -hmm. already a ton of support. They're getting even more. I think it's, it's a real thing. Yeah. And it's going to be good in multiple different constructed formats. We're going to, I think it's going to be not top tier, but playable and standard. I definitely think it's going to make commander soldier tribal much better. Not that it was bad, but yeah, definitely something else. That's kind of, I don't know if we're excited about it, but it's just the color black being pushed it definitely seems like it's going to be a powerhouse and limited in Brothers War. It's already a powerhouse and standard constructed in Dominaria United. I don't see it getting worse. I see it mm-hmm. getting better. I think green definitely gets a lot of help too, especially in limited. I think green, black are the colors everyone's going to want to play. I'm really surprised with how much green support and how much uh, lands matters was is is kind of showcasing in Brothers War. Yeah, different ways. We got that spicy new card that... I guess it's a commander card that's in set and collector boosters where all non-basics or yeah, all not all lands count as basic lands. Yeah, insane. Like 
yeah, it's just automatically a commander staple at the very least. Yeah, I think that's going to be expensive. Yeah, definitely going to be highly sought after. We're seeing the return of a bunch of old legends. Obviously, we got Mishra and Urza. We saw a sweet Ashnod card. We got Titania, Gix, all of the faces you would expect to see in old school Dominarium. Speaking of Gix, our first new Praetor. Yeah, Black Praetor, pre-Shouldred. Pre-Shouldred, Black Praetor. It just, I mean, a first, a first new Praetor outside of the five. Yeah, super exciting. Shouldered's still better, but still exciting to have a new Praetor. We got a couple new mechanics. Prototype, which kicker, more steps, just like every other mechanic in this game. Everything's kicker. Everything's kicker with extra steps. Prototype does look incredible. It looks like such a fun mechanic. Cheaper casting costs for a creature that usually has some kind of ETB or other kind of mechanic that, you know, is it horribly affected by having a lower stat line that comes with that cheaper prototype cost. The only thing I have noticed that's a little strange is the the prototype sits on artifacts and for commander the prototype changes the color identity of the card because there's right. a lot of them that are are colorless artifacts except their prototype, prototype has, has colored pips. Yep. So they have a color identity in commander just something to keep out mm-hmm. eye out for. I don't think it really impacts the power level of those cards though. There is a lot of them are blue. There is a oh man, I wish I remembered the name of the card. There is a, a new card that has a effect on it that lets you add red or green, but it is in the reminder text. And so it has the red or green pip on it, but it does not count towards its color identity. Yeah, it's like extort. It's in yep. the reminder text, does not count. Yeah, and I, I think it might be the first card outside of extort, right, That uh, other than extort, that has that same effect. Color pip in the reminder. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, definitely something that's going to be coming up in Commander games and tables, I'm sure, cause a little bit of confusion there. So another thing to keep an eye on. Uh, Meld is back. Obviously, we got the big Urza Meld and the big Mishra Meld. I think there's one more in the set. Titania. Titania. Yeah. Super exciting. Obviously, if you manage to pull off a Meld, you're a god. So I think these are three card Melds. No, you have no, to. No, they're two card just Melds. Two cards? Yep. Um, uh, Mishra's got his Dragon Engine. Urza's got oh, his, might and his Might and his Weak Stone. Yeah. And then Titania's got a sweet land that she melds with. Right. So, obviously, melds are super hard to pull off usually, but when they do high payoff rewards. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, if anyone's, even some of the fun Innistrad melds, not Brasilia, the the Writhing Township I've done a couple of times, which is a ton of fun. I have seen Brasilia hit hit, melded on the other side of the table, and that's never fun. Don't play Brasilia. She's not fun. Kill those angels the second they touch a table. Yeah, easily. Artifacts, obviously, are going to be a huge part of this set. Something new that we have are Power Stones. They're an artifact token that enter the battlefield tapped. They tap for one colorless, and you can't use that spell to cast non-artifact spells. So activating abilities, super big. They think it's going to be the best payoff for Power Stones. They definitely come across as weak, but I think they're sleeper, especially in limited. Like, use those. There's a lot of high-costed artifacts, a lot of high-costed abilities. So oh, yeah. don't sleep on them. Well, and there's there's going to be a lot of things that give you Power Stones. So there there are a lot of artifacts or um, like the Urza Planeswalker, for example, that are going to give you this on top of something else. And so in all reality, they're virtually free, I guess. I mean, they're, they're just being stapled onto other cards really. So you're going to inevitably have them as a side effect of using certain cards, especially in limited. Yeah. They're definitely not scarce. So when you're cracking packs and pulling those tokens out, make sure to set those power stones aside. Cause you're probably going to need them. Yeah. And I bet the tokens will look cool too. Yeah. So 
Obviously, we're going to be reintroducing a bunch of new, a bunch of old war to new players. Um, I know I'm not super familiar with this era of magic, so it'd be good to kind of break into that and see kind of where it goes. Obviously, Kyle and I have a bunch of different theories. They're probably pretty crazy about how this impacts future lore, but you know, it would be definitely cool to see. And kind of moving down the list a little bit. If you are interested in Kraken packs, I do love Kraken packs. Buy singles if you can, or if you need the cards. But Kraken packs is fun. But they are bringing back. I don't know exactly what you would call them, but they're akin to the mystical archives of Strixhaven. One of the best things that Watsi has ever done. That they're incredible for sets. Um, they're incredible for new players to get older cards that they may not have and, and great for old players to get new art they're doing this blueprint art for all these artifacts that looks incredible they're re- they're doing some much needed reprints such as mox ambers worm coil engines all kinds of just super good commander cards yeah it, it's going to be incredible and even i mean even me i pull Something as as cheap as a dark ritual for Mystic Archive, and I was still happy. I mean, this still looks great. The negates, uh, all of these different cards looked incredible. But you know what? When you're you're cracking packs and you're looking through and you're getting these, you know, these little artifacts that might not be worth much, still playable most of them, but might not be worth much. And then you you, you know you hit that Mox Amber, or you hit that Worm Coil Engine. It is it's a good feeling. Yeah. Definitely super excited to see these. Like I said, I already love the retro frame cards and these are very akin to that with some pretty cool art to go along with those frames. I actually, we got a ton of new ones too. They're reprinting um, either flux reservoir into that too. That's another one that's been climbing in price. Yeah. So obviously with this set, it's coming commander pre-cons kind of like I talked about last week, they're going to be a hundred percent retro framed, which for me is super exciting. Again, more retro frame cards. I'm all about it. They're held by Urza and Mishra respectively. And they're both generally artifact strats. Urza is more creature artifact based and Mishra is more non-creature artifact based. Which is strange. I, I would think it'd be the other way around. Yeah, Mishra has a, it's a pretty cool ability where he basically animates one of your non-creature artifacts every combat phase. So it, it's a cool way. There's some shenanigans that you can do ending your turn and keeping those because normally you sacrifice them at the end of turn. And then just, you know, getting big effects out of your non-creature artifacts that become creatures is sweet. Real big for vehicles because they're non-creature artifacts and he animates them. And obviously there's a whole plethora of vehicles that have combat triggers, damage triggers, different types of evasion. That is going to be awesome. Yeah. Build, build Mishra vehicles. It'll be fun. (laughs) So kind of also, like we said, these decks are definitely feel weaker than 40 K right up front. I think there's more upgrade potential for these because artifacts is just, strong and commander in general and both decks being artifact based some way. I think they have a lot of, a lot of room there. Well, and it's an artifact. I mean, it's an artifact set, right? You we're, we're getting a ton of artifacts. We're getting this mystical archive, like reprints of the uh, blueprints. You're going to probably have a lot of cards that you're getting from cracking packs, from enjoying the set, from doing limited that'll fit right into these decks. So it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to have more reprint poten- or more um, upgrade potential and easier to upgrade than a lot of precons we've seen. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like I said, they're, they're weaker than the 40K. That's probably a bad scale to compare these decks against. 40K, I think, was very pushed, very powerful. I love the set. But in the end, they're consistent with all the other precons that came out during sets and super excited. Well, and- have, 
super excited about Brothers War in general. What people need to realize too is is the the universe beyond product is in its own sphere. It's its own thing. It's going to be different. I mean, I think the idea behind the Warhammer decks was the artwork all matches. They all kind of flow with a certain theme based on the story of 40K as well as strategy for the deck. So in order to make it so that maybe you weren't having to upgrade the decks necessarily, you could play them as design. They are a little more powerful. These commander decks coming with the set are typical pre-cons. They're, they're more like what we've seen in the past. So don't let the fact that the last pre-cons we got were the 40k decks affect your judgment towards these ones. So you understand that those are very separate products. Well said. All right. That's kind of our, our quick and dirty for Brothers War. Generally excited for this set. I think obviously it has a lot of good potential to help standard constructed. A lot of cool new things for Commander, as always. Excited to advance our campaign against the Phyrexians. Thanks for listening. I'm Matt. And I'm Kyle. And we're the Casual Tutors.